All right. Well, again, so excited about all that's happened this week and all that we've discovered and that we have seen uh, this week. And I don't know why that keeps happening, but it's happening. And if I need to grab another mic, I'm happy to do that. Uh, but uh, one, one of the things that we did this week is not only was it VBS, but we were focused on really this idea of creativity, design, and it was called Spark Studio. When you read the heading of, of what it is, it, it simply says, created in Christ, designed for God's purpose. Created in Christ, designed for God's purpose. And what I find interesting as I was going through this with the children this week at BBS and as leaders were doing it, there was so much I took away from it personally, not just as a parent, but just as a person, as a follower of Christ. And I felt like what was discussed there is helpful for all of us. Whether you're a parent, whether uh, you're a child, whether uh, you're somebody who's married with no kids, whether you're someone who's single, what we talked about has implications for all of us. Because with it, it causes us to get a vision for what it is that God has created us for and designed us for. Because he's made us on purpose and for a purpose. And so as we think about that, I want to give you what it is that we specifically said again and again throughout the week. And it was mentioned early on, the motto from this week. And the motto is this. Well, I want to invite you to say this out loud on three with me. One, two, three. Created, designed, empowered. We're going to do it again. Created, designed, empowered. One more time. Created, designed, empowered. And this is so important that we don't miss this because we were created, we were designed, and we were empowered. Now, as you think about these three statements and this motto and, and what this means for us, this is actually taken from words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 really helps us to get context, but we're going to zero in on verse 10, which was the theme verse for this week. It says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And this is really incredible when you think about what the Apostle Paul is laying out, because he's laying out this vision that, first of all, says, first of all, we don't earn anything from God, but we respond to the one that gave everything. He gave it everything for us. He performed perfectly on our behalf. We could never earn it. We could never be good enough. Our resume could never be religious enough. We could never have enough stuff. We could never have such a massive career or, or the possessions that we have that would make us look like, hey, we've earned this. Like this is something that we deserve and that we've earned. Rather, we receive by faith the grace that has been given to us. And grace is this word that simply means unmerited favor. It's not something that, again, we earn, but it's something that we receive. And through faith in Jesus, by putting our trust in him, through who he is, through his life, death, burial, and resurrection, we receive what it is that we were created for. Because we were created to know God, to walk with God. And as we see here, we're created as, in response to him, to be co-laborers. There are things that we each have to bring to the table that God has designed us for. 
Now, here's the deal about grace, and it's so important. This grace that saves us is the same grace that strengthens us when we're going through difficulties. It's the same grace that sanctifies us in order to become more and more like Christ. And, and not only is it the grace that sanctifies us, but it's the grace that allows for us to step fully in to what it is that God has created each and every one of us for. Because grace is like this diamond that's multifaceted. When you hold it up, there's these dimensions to it. And what could be missed as we read these verses is we could minimize that grace. We could say, wow, this is great. It's, it's grace through faith, and, and this is what I have received through Christ. I have been saved. I need a Savior. I need salvation. We all do. We all need someone to give us what we could not give ourselves, and that's Jesus, because we are spiritually dead. And as we were talking to the, the kids this week through Spark Studio, we, we talked about this idea of what does it mean to be saved? And, and what does it mean to repent? And, and what does it mean to sin? And what are all these words that we use oftentimes within the church context that people, when they hear them, they're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. And to be saved is to acknowledge I have a need of a Savior because I fall short of God's perfect and holy standard. And even if it's just by a little bit, I, I still miss the mark. I miss the mark. And so that's when I'm a sinner. And so that's all of us, right? Because we all miss that mark. And to repent means to change your mind and your direction about who you are and who God is and your need for him. And to turn and to follow after him. And so these words are so key. They're so important. We don't want to cheapen what it is that Christ has given us because he gave us everything. He who was rich became poor so that we could become rich. Amen? It's good news. It's good news. But it doesn't stop there. And I, I think this is what's interesting. Oftentimes, we stop at verse 9, especially if you grew up in the evangelical church. Because we're like, yeah, we don't want to make it about performing or earning. And I agree with that. It's not. But it is about responding. Right? Because he says, again, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I want us to focus on this last part because I don't want us to miss that we're all invited into this. We're all invited to receive Jesus and then respond to his invitation to join him in the good works which he's prepared in advance for each and every one of us to do. And so I want to break this down for us because, again, when you read these verses, they're so powerful. But I want to break down verse 10 for us because I want us to be able to understand as we look at those, those statements that formed our motto, where they come from within that verse of Ephesians 2.10. So the first part of that was created. We said we're, we're created, right? We're created. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. For we are God's handiwork. And for us to see ourselves as God sees us, as image bearers of God, that we are his masterpiece, that we are on display for others to see, that we have been made by him and for him is so key. Because our ability to believe that through faith and to live that and trusting Jesus and what he says of us and has for us is going to change how we see ourselves. But then it's going to change how I see the rest of the world and the people around me. 
Because Jesus made it clear we can't really love others if we don't love ourselves, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, this isn't narcissism. This isn't being self-involved. That's not what he's talking about. But a healthy understanding of who one is before God and what God says of them and who they have been created to be is so key. Because if we're going to believe that we have been created and God is the great creator, he had to have a create, creating us for a purpose in mind. He had something in mind for us. And so we are his handiwork. So as we think about that, I want to ask you, do you see yourself and others as God's handiwork? Do you? Do you see yourself and others as God's handiwork? Because I'll get into conversations with people about this verse, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was written to a whole church. That doesn't have specific implications for me. I'm like, you're, you're missing it. It's both. It's for you and everyone. It's both. But if we don't personalize it, how in the world are we ever going to love people the way that Jesus loved us? We can't. We can't. We can only give what we've received and we walk in. Again, do you see yourself and others as God's handiwork? And then the next part of this is I am the handiwork of God. And I want you just to say that out loud with me on three. One, two, three. I am the handiwork of God. And you may want to take out your phone and write that on your screensaver. I am the handiwork of God. You may want to write it on a note card, hang it on your mirror. So when you go to look at that mirror and you're like, oh, I don't know, my hair looks crazy, uh, you know, whatever it is you say. You say, no, but I'm the handiwork of God. I'm the handiwork of God. You know, or the lack thereof hair, you know, whatever it is, as someone pointed out, whatever it is that you see when you look at the mirror, that you wouldn't miss the message of what it is Christ says of you. I am God's handiwork. I am God's handiwork. And turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. And this is also a great pickup line. If you're ever needing a pickup line, you are God's handiwork. I'm here for you, okay? If you're ever looking, looking for to, you're, you're single, looking to mingle, that's a great pickup line. Hey, you, you are, I just wanted to tell you, you are God's handiwork. I just I felt led. I, I needed to tell you that. I needed to make sure you knew that I see that in you. So as we continue on here, this, that was the first part, created. Here's the second part, designed. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So you've been designed to do good works that are specific to you, as well as there are some general good works that we participate in. Like this morning, people chose to step into the good work God had for them, whether that was leading music, doing sound, doing PowerPoint, doing the coffee area, our children's ministry. Those are some good works that people leaned into today. And we're all called to join God in serving and being a part of his church. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is his invitation to us all. But then there's some specific things that he has for us. Some things that are specific to us, who we are, and how he shaped and wired us. And it's important that you don't miss this, that, that God didn't make you the way he made you on mistake. 
He made you the way he made you on purpose and for purpose. He designed you that way. And I was on a call at this training recently, and a New York Times bestselling author, Christy Wright, was talking about the fact that we're not an accident. The way that we are, our experiences, the way that uh, things are, are going and shaping in our lives, even the mistakes in our life, we ourselves are not a mistake by God. Again, he's designed us, and he wants to even redeem those things in our lives, the things that we're not proud of, the things that we look back on and we're like, ah, or even the ways in which he's entrusted certain gifts and talents into our hands. He wants to utilize those things because, again, he's created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, and there's some specific things for you, whether that's in your home or the neighborhood that you're in or the vocation that you have. Those are all the ways in which he does it. And what's so easy to do is to play, play it small or play it safe or to have an egocentric view of oneself that says, I'm better than everybody versus saying, no, wait a minute. We are created in Christ Jesus, right? We're created in him. We're, we're created by him to do the good works which he has for us. And those are things that will help us to stay grounded and not to lose sight as we respond to what he has for us. And recently I was at a personality uh, event, a personality type event, equipping event called the DISC Profile. You guys familiar with DISC Profile? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Personality type. And one of the things that is so interesting when you read through personality types, how it describes so well (laughs) who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? It's kind of like, oh man, this is really, really... Uh, good, and yet this is scary because it's pretty accurate, right? And, and you're kind of like, oh, whoa, whoa. But one of the things that can happen is we can think again who we are and how we've been wired up is by accident and not by design. But we're meant to, to leverage the way God's designed us to benefit not only ourselves but others and to understand how we work but also our own shortcomings in the shadow side of our design. Because one of the tempting things to do with personality types, even though what I said is true, we're designed this way. God's designed us. He's, he's made us a certain way, and, and it has a, we have certain personality types. It's easy to hide behind our personality type. And it's easy to walk in the false self apart from Christ, rather becoming the true self in Christ. And so it's important for us to understand our personality type, but not to use it as an excuse for not growing and changing the way that we need to. Here's some ways that that happens. For some personality types, it's easy to be fake nice. And you're like, what's fake nice mean? They're nice to your face, but if, they, if you could hear the inner monologue, they're not telling you what they really think about your idea. They're not speaking up. Or behind closed doors with a group of friends, they're talking in a certain way about idea you, but they're not being honest to you. They're, 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 there's a fake nice about that. And again, certain personalities naturally gravitate towards it. And there's a time not to say anything, by the way, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't always speak your mind, right? That's not, that's not always good, which brings me to the next group of people. And that's the rude, honest people. And the rude, honest people would say, I'm just being, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just, and yet they don't know how abrasive they are. And how offensive they come off. And both, both apart from walking with the Spirit and letting Jesus shape us, 
are not walking with what God has for us and created us for. Because what he wants for us is to become like Jesus. And Jesus was full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So this is our focus. This is where we're going. This is who we're striving after. And this is an ongoing process. It doesn't end as soon as we become a follower of Jesus. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm still in process. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. I, it's very clear that I'm in process. Very, very clear. And I think the, the point of, of what we don't want to miss in this is that as we're going to step into the design that God has for us to understand who we are, to understand where we need to grow and develop, to help others step into who they are, is the ways in which we, again, start to walk in the good works that Christ has created for us and for them as well. Which brings me to this. What's the good that God has designed you to do? What is the good specifically for you that God has designed you to do? I want you to think about it. Because oftentimes we, we take things that we do and we say, oh man, this is just what I do. But have you ever given, given thought to why you do what you do? And why are there certain things that are easier for you and harder for others? Why can I easily tell somebody, hey, just get up and share your heart? And they look at me like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, I, I need to write it all out. Like, I need to, no, 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 you're making it so complicated. <laughs> you're, you're making it, you're overthinking this. Just, I'm just asking you to share what God's doing in your life. No, 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 I, I, no, I can't, no, I can't, I can't do it that way. No, I need, you, I need more than just a day's heads up. I need months leading up to this. There's a reason why, right? There's a reason, because we're all wired and designed different. There's a reason why, for some of us, when we get behind a computer and we're doing Excel spreadsheets, we're in dreamland. We're like, oh, man, this is awesome. Woo, this is so fun. I love it. I love more tabs, more tabs, more tabs, right? And then for some of us, we're like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I feel like I'm in the matrix. I don't know what's happening. Morpheus, where are you? You know, we're like, you know, what is happening? But all of us, again, are designed by God for these good works. And we need to know our story. We need to know the heartache, the pain, the joy. We need to know what we're gifted at, the ways in which he's inviting us to grow and develop, both in that gift and the shadow side of that gift as well. And that's why we need each other, too. There's power in community. There's power in having others walk with us. And then as we continue on here, the last part is empowered, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to know that God has empowered you to do the good that he's called you to do. This isn't about, I have to strive and I've got to manufacture something. This is about responding and receiving and by the power of the Holy Spirit, which we all receive as followers of Jesus, I'm allowing his work to happen within me. And oftentimes what we say is we say something like, once I get this figured out or that figured out, or once I don't feel afraid, then I'll step out. And if you're waiting for the moment where you're not going to be afraid or you're not going to be uncomfortable, I just want to help you out. It's not going to come. It's not going to come because really what happens when we step out, when God invites us to do certain things that are outside of our comfort zone, that is where we experience change. That is where we experience Christ. But more than that, that is where we see the Holy Spirit show up. Whatever the, the good he's calling us to, and the, the things that he's preparing in advance for us to do, the good works, when we 
choose to follow that and believe that, that again, I'm, I'm designed by God. I'm created. I'm his handiwork. And these are good works he's preparing in advance for me to do. I have eyes to see, and then I have the courage to follow what he's asking of me. And my good friend Erica Butler says, do it scared. Do it scared. Because when you do it scared, the Holy Spirit shows up in ways that you can't even believe. And you wouldn't be able to understand on this side of it. Whether that's something he's inviting you to do, whether that's you going to somebody and sharing with them who this Jesus is and how he's changed your life and telling your story and, and how God has met you, whether that's he's asking you to be open-handed with a certain area of your life and to become more generous, whatever it is, whatever it is, when, when he invites you to it and he calls you to it, he's the one that sees you through it. So I don't want you to hear this as, these are the good works that I'm trying to manufacture. No, no, he's prepared them in advance for you to do. Think about this. There are specific good works that he has destined you for. He created you for them. He prepared them in advance for you, for me, Joe Velarde. He prepared them in advance for me to do. And that's incredible to think about in your own story. You need to believe that. Hey, he's designed me and created me and empowered me for these good works that he's prepared in advance for me to do. So here's a, a question for you as we think about this. Will you enter empowered in all that God has for you? Will you enter empowered to all that God has for you? Because he's empowered you. He's equipped you to do the work that he's called you to do. Again, the same grace that saves you is the same grace that sanctifies and strengthens you to do what he's asking of you. It's that same grace that's within you through response to Christ. And as we continue on here, I want us to, again, read this verse out loud together on three. One, two, three. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And as we think about that, as we consider that, I want to make sure that we, we embrace this fully. And this leads us to this part of it. Is, and I want us to say this out loud together. And I want to personalize it on three. One, two, three. I am created, designed, empowered. And then next slide here. Turn to your neighbor. You are created, designed, and empowered. Here's the thing. I want you to understand what VBS was, was because people believe that. There is no vacation Bible school if people don't believe that they're created, designed, and empowered. And you know what? The part that I had in it was listening to Sam Schwarzy's vision and dream and supporting her and walking with her and encouraging her and saying, hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Whatever you need me to do, I'm here. I'm here. But the group that came around this, the group of people, man, it was incredible to watch. Man, it was awesome. And we see that happen throughout our church in our ministry, whether that's Night to Shine and, and how Monica Tramatina does such a great job catalyzing and inviting others into this. And it's not limited to those, those areas. But when people choose to live this out, we're better for it and we're impacted by it. And I know that firsthand because not only did I benefit from last week, I know my son benefited from it. He loved those snacks. I don't know if you heard him say that. I mean... <laughs> 
Sounds like a pastor's kid, right? Talking like that. But also on a, on a personal level beyond that, one of my heroes is actually here with us this morning. Uh, his name is Jeff Hodges. Jeff, will you come up to the stage real quick? Jeff doesn't know I'm doing this to him. Uh, but Jeff uh, is with a team from Smyrna First Baptist, which is my hometown where I'm from. And Jeff was a guy that believed these words. He was a youth pastor for many, many years. How many years there? Uh, 25. 25. 25. And Jeff uh, now does a lot more with the mission side of things, and he's here with a team that have come to serve with us as we seek to serve our community. But Jeff was the, the kind of guy uh, that saw me and my twin brother John struggling mightily. We were, we were going through a lot of challenges. But Jeff chose to believe this about himself and to see this in us. And he purposely and reached out to us, poured into us, and was instrumental in pointing us not only to Jesus, but us becoming followers of Christ in the vision that we have for the local church that now impacts the way I go about doing what I do, to go reach people, make disciples who are going to reach people, make disciples who are going to reach people, and make disciples. It's because of people like this that said, hey, yes, Jesus, I'm going to step fully into what you've called me to and what it is that you have for me. And you know what? Jeff is just like us, because I know Jeff. Jeff Jeff is a guy that just says, yes, I'm going to be faithful to what God has for me. And that faithfulness led to fruitfulness. And you know what? All of us can do that. All of us can say yes. All of us can step fully in to what he has for us. Jeff, I want to thank you in front of this church because this is really not only an honor to have you, but this is a byproduct of your faithfulness. And I just want to give honor where honor's due. And I love you and I value you and I appreciate you and I respect you. You are one of my heroes. And I just want to thank you in front of everybody. Just want to give the honor that Again, I think you do. Love you, man. Thank you. All right. Doesn't expect that, doesn't want that, thinks I'm too kind when I say stuff like that, but I wanted to do that here. But again, I want you to know, each of us have a part to play. May we step into it. Again, you are created, designed, and empowered. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that it's so obvious and so clear how good you are to us. Again and again and again, you meet us. You minister to us again and again. You send people our way like Jeff Hodges. You sent him to John and I when we were freshmen in high school. And God, you heard the, the aches of our hearts and the longings and the yearnings and even in the misbehaving and even in the trouble we got with authority and the law and all those things god you saw fit to allow our paths to cross with a man named jeff and smyrna first baptist and we've benefited from that personally but also our church has benefited from that because of the generosity of that church not only have they invested in me but they've invested in the work that we're doing here and with the church planners that we serve Lord, we're thankful for them. And we just praise you for how you, you meet us in those ways. And then, Lord, we pray for ourselves, Lord. We pray that we as a church would embrace what it is you say of us, that we're created, designed, and empowered. We thank you. It is by grace through faith. Not of anything that we could do, but of you and our trust in you. 
and that we would believe that and trust that we are your handiwork created anew in you, that we're being transformed more and more to your likeness for the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. Lord, I pray that we would get a vision for this and that we would be people in faith that would allow you to empower us, that we would believe what you say of us and what you have for us and that we would live out those beliefs, not just be people who receive information, but rather receive information that leads to transformation that will then lead to multiplication as we're formed in you, Christ, in your character, in your likeness, in your competencies, the way you did what you did. And so, Lord, we thank you for how good you are. And I just pray for every person here today. I pray that they would walk in and recognize what you say of them. And if they have yet to put their faith and trust in you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, God. Lord, you're inviting them. You're wooing them. You're saying, hey, come to me. Come to me. I know you're searching. I know you got that resume put together. I know you're hiding behind what you have accomplished or what you have failed at. I know those are things to build your identity on. It's so easy, whether it's pride or shame or fear. But you, Jesus, you're the one who paid it everything for us. So we don't have to walk in those ways, but rather we can receive freely what you have given to us. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody today that needs to receive you, to receive all that you've done for them, to acknowledge who you are, to confess their sin, their need for forgiveness, their desire to be made right with you, and then to join you in what they're doing. I pray they would let us know that. And again, it's just simply putting our trust in you, Jesus. Your life, death, burial, and resurrection. So Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for a great week. And Lord, we just pray our efforts this week would multiply. Lord, I pray that you would multiply what we did this week in the lives of of the children. And Lord, not only in the children, but in the families. I pray every leader that served and gave of themselves, I pray that you would meet them with kingdom, kindness, and goodness this week, Lord, for all the things that didn't get done (laughs) as they were giving so much here. Pray that you would even multiply their times, their efforts, and their energies. Lord, we thank you for your love for us, and we're grateful to be in it with you and with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.